Welcome to Fick Focus, where Bloomberg Intelligence fixed income, credit currency, and commodity strategists and analysts discuss their short and long-term views on debt markets and issuers. Now, here's the Bloomberg Intelligence Fick Research Team. Welcome to the Fick Focus podcast. This is a Macro Matters edition. I'm Ira Jersey, the Chief U.S. Interest Rate Strategist for Bloomberg Intelligence, the research arm of Bloomberg LP. With me today is Anna Wong. She is the chief U.S. economist for Bloomberg Economics. Anna, thanks for coming back on FIC Focus. Oh, it's a pleasure. So just this past week, we had the June meeting of the Federal Open Market Committee, the policymaking arm of the Federal Reserve. Um, there were some interesting tidbits, I would say, here and there. Um, in particular, the dot plot, that dreaded uh, dot plot where members put what where they think the Fed funds rate will be, assuming that their economic forecasts for the year are realized. Um, and they said that maybe they're going to have two more hikes uh, in, in the future. But you have a very interesting take, which I think I, I wholeheartedly agree with. Um, maybe talk about your, your feelings as to the the you know the statement a little bit here and there, but importantly, um, the, you know what the dot plot means to you. You think for the future of monetary policy, right? I think that when I think the Fed uh, is very wary about sending the markets the uh, wrong signal and causing further easing in financial conditions. So if you look at the fi- financial con- conditions various financial conditions index, you'd see that it actually peaked in October and then it has gone uh, has, has gone in a wrong direction from the Fed's perspective since then. So I think the Fed is um, trying to jawbone with the dot plot, the, the very hawkish dot plot. And, and also keep in mind that um, the CPI number. And while... Um, in some unusual occasions, committee members do revise the dot plot. Um, at the press conference on Wednesday, Powell actually uh, hinted to us that nobody revised their dot plot, that the version we saw indeed was from last Friday. And that meant that um, committee members did not take into account the CPI number and the PPI number um, on, uh, on on that came out on Tuesday and Wednesday, and and so I think altogether the dot uh, the dot plot is somewhat aspirational, and that um, it really is um, you know a tool to preempt uh, financial conditions from further tightening. So what's interesting is the market since then have significantly. Uh, Bear flattened. You're now approaching on the two-year versus ten-year as we record on the 16th of June, um, about negative 100 basis points, which uh, is is not quite the cycle low, but is certainly significantly uh, more inverted than we were just uh, before the meeting, and and certainly a couple since a couple of weeks ago. Um, do you think that there's a risk here that the Fed could make a policy mistake in? Insofar as okay, if it hikes one more time in July, which I, I'm curious to see if that is your expectation, and and if it is, you know, what percentage chance you give a a July hike at this point? Um, but but do you think that that the idea that they might hike in July and then maybe hike again in 
um, say September or November, which some people have suggested to me is kind of like the, the Fed going from, you know, hiking 75 to 50 to 25 now to 12 and a half basis points for a few meetings. Could they be making a policy error in, in hiking a little bit too much at this point, given that we've seen a lot of the macro data, particularly from the manufacturing sector and the goods sector, uh, seem to be, have it rolled over already and, and are near or at uh, levels usually consistent with inflation? Uh, excuse me, usually consistent with recession. Yeah, so on policy mistake and the hiking schedule. So another slip that um, Powell had during the press conference is that he he said that um, it takes more than six weeks to have uh, to, you know, in terms of uh, getting the kind of information that gives them confidence about whatever move they're they're trying to make, and between now to the July meeting, there's only six weeks, and I think that uh, that slip of his is, is telling because it um, it tells you that July is not a sure a July hike is not a sure thing. Now, um, a lot of people came out of the press conference um, having various interpretation about you know, how likely it is for us to have a hike in July. But my take is that the Powell's press conference is definitely less sure than what the dot plot would tell you. If you just go by the dot plot, you would think like, yeah, 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 July is for sure. Um, And this is clearly a compromise between Hawks and Dulles. Maybe the Hawks got a commitment to hike in July in exchange for, you know, a a stand of unanimity or unity um, in terms of pausing at this meeting. But, you know, so so first, there's that 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 six week that Powell mentioned that it takes more than six weeks to decide whether you should take an action. And between now to July, we still have one CPI report, which likely is going to be a soft one, a PCE report, an inflation report, which we uh, based on CPI and PPI report this this week, we already have a good handle uh, of, and I, I think it will likely show that the super core. That Powell cares so much about the core services, non-housing uh, inflation has slowed to only 0.2% on a monthly basis. So another soft one. And then you, also you have the jobs report. And as you saw, I read jobless claims have been creeping up. However, I think that so all those data points are not not uh, conducive or uh, supportive of another hike in July. So if they think that um at the June meeting that the data is mixed enough for them to pause. By the time it gets to July, the data is even more confusing and more mixed and more against uh, building the case for a hike in July. So I think that, um, you know, if they do hike in July, it will be not now to July would be on the weak side and get going against for hike. However, I think the policy error, um, you know, whether they're making a policy error depends on really a longer trajectory where of, of where inflation is going. So in terms of thinking about the forecast of inflation, the dot plot, a reasonable forecast, but at the same time, that forecast assumes that there's no recession, that the economy is resilient. And, um, you know, as I was saying, jobless claims is actually creeping up. And also um, um, we see from some high frequency indicators like card box shipments and 
rail freight and beige books confirming that there is a freight recession which usually precedes another wave of goods disinflation. There are cracks in the economy, and I think uh, I I don't think that it's uh, impossible for us to fall into a recession in. You know, in Q3 or Q4 this year. In fact, I that is still our baseline. So I think if the economy evolves as the Fed sees it, no recession,、uh, everything is resilient. Then inflation、um, would be 3.9 or higher. In fact, I would think that、um, if in that kind of scenario, inflation would be at 4.1 rather than 3.9.、Um, And in that case, 5.5 percent、uh, peak terminal rate is actually a,、um, consistent with the Fed's reaction function over the last year.、Um, if inflation, core inflation, does end up at 4.1 or 4.2 at the,、um, in the fourth quarter of this year, either because of、um, more resilient economy or because of additional Supply shocks, such as you know El Nino causing global food prices to rise, I could I could see that scenario happening. Then、uh, the our our version of the modified version of Taylor rule, Fed's reaction function, would that be that in fact five point five is not even high enough that they have to get to six percent if if、uh, core inflation is at four point one or four point two, but. That's not the house view. That's a risk case. The house view, my house view, our house view, <laughs> is still that there's a、um, a new impetus for of disinflation, judging、uh, from signs of weakening in the economy, and that that is why we think that that、uh, the dot plot is job boning, but in the longer term,、um, inflation. Does it seems like inflation? There, there are risks that inflation will evolve according to how the Fed sees it, and in that case, the Fed would be correct. It would be uh, uh, the the error in that case would be under tightening if the Fed's forecast of the future is correct. So you mentioned Powell and and what he said during the press conference several times during our discussion so far. Our natural language processing model showed that,、uh, surprisingly, to, at least to me, based on my ear test of listening to, to Powell's opening remarks, that actually he was、uh, ever so slightly more dovish even than he was at the May meeting. Which, given the fact that you had、uh, you had the dot plot move a bit higher for the end of this year, and、um, you certainly heard Jay Powell talk a lot about inflation risks continuing to be. Um, pretty elevated.、Um, the the fact that he would remained more or less at neutral, accor- again according to our NLP model.、Um, so you know, again, the, the ear test maybe sounded like he was a little bit more hawkish than that.、Uh, that than that model suggests.、Um, you know, did, did was there anything in his remarks that you found particularly surprising and or you know dovish or and and led you to Um, you know, either confirmed your current your current view, or you know, maybe shifted your risk case a little bit、uh, after his comments. I wholeheartedly agree with your NLP model. <laughs> I, I I thought that you know, if 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 you just looked at the dot plot, you would have thinking you would have thought that you know、um, there would be some kind of、um, hint from from Powell's comments that.、Um, Um, July is pretty much、uh, a July hike is pretty much a done deal, but he he said that 
you know, he did have a Freudian slip that he said it's a skip. This uh, this May pause is a skip, but he did. He also said July's hike is um, a live meeting. To my ears, a live meeting does not sound like uh, a, a commitment to hike. You know, um, and so and also he did say that um, um, the uh, various parts of the inflation good three three components of inflation core goods housing and non 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 housing core services are moving in the right direction right so i i thought that he does sound more hawkish to me than what the dot plot would would have suggested um other things that i found interesting in his comment is this is that he basically did a complete complete flip flop from his may uh, press conference at at his May press conference, he said wages don't lead inflation. Uh, don't lead inflation. That rates are probably at a sufficiently restrictive level, and he also said that um, um, that he, he, um, he thinks that um, things are moving the right direction, right? And at this meeting, he says. Oh, by the way, in in the May meeting, he also he also didn't discourage market bets on rate cuts. You know, when people asked, people when reporters asked him at the May press conference whether he thinks that um, you know market bets of sixty bips or rate cuts are warranted, and he 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 just said, well, they have their forecast, we have our forecast. Um, so it was just a very soft pushback, and in this meeting. We have a Powell who says, in fact, uh, inflation barely reacted to 500 bips of rate hike, um, that that um, we are near the destination, so basically hinting that we are not as sufficiently restrictive. And that also um, he strongly pushed back against rate hike, hike rate cuts, saying that we're probably a couple years out until a rate cut. And it seems a little over the top, so over the top, and such a big flip-flop at 180, and you got to question whether he really means it because the data does not warrant for him to be doing this flip-flop. So that's, once again, that's why we I think that part of it is job-owning. Yeah, and, and obviously it the, the Fed is going to react if there is a significant increase in the unemployment rate, for example, which doesn't seem like it's imminent, but, but clearly there are... They're, they still have a reaction function that is going to be based on you know both sides of their mandate presumably um, and you know even if inflation's a little bit too high if you had eight percent unemployment then the Fed would you know need to do something so so let's talk a very little bit um, in the last couple of minutes that we have here um, about uh, about balance sheet policy because that is something that Jay Powell mentioned like he did mention that he thought that there would be significant number of reserves for for um, for the near term. Um, we're in the process of updating our forecasts based on empirical data that we've received now that we have the, uh, uh, the June 14th um, H.4.1 report, which is the Fed's balance sheet. We kind of know that the RP facility has been falling in favor of um, some of the, the, the Treasury General account going up, and, and that seems to be, at least for now, uh, uh, reserve balances aren't falling because of the rebuild of, of the Treasury's cash position. Um, I, I do suspect that that will shift at some point in the not-too-distant future, but, but right now it does seem like you know, reserves will be ample, at least into early 2024. 
Um, and if, if that's the case, you know, do you see any shifts or any reason for the Fed to shift um, away from continuing its balance sheet reduction, um, even if the Fed does say have a, a one and done and, and they only hike one more time and then wind up on hold? Do, do you see any reason for the Fed to shift near term their, their position on, uh, on reserve reduction, or, excuse me, on balance sheet reduction in general? Well, so so first of all, if if um, the FOMC's forecast of inflation and un- unemployment are realized, then they're not done with hiking. So as long as they're not done with hiking, they will still go on with QT. So I think their baseline is that QT will continue well into 2024. Um, so um, from th- from that perspective, I I I I don't think that they, they have plans to. Um, you know, end um, QT anytime soon. Do, do you think that there's any scenario where they could make any kind of change to their balance sheet policy at all, just based on, uh, you know, they, they don't control all the pieces of their balance sheet. Um, and uh, so is there is there anything where um, they think they could shift some of their administered rates, for example? Well, you know, if 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 the if reserve level does shrink to an unacceptable level and there's a spike in in a, you know a repeat of what we saw in 2019 spike in repo rates, then I could see perhaps the Fed would come in and start buying treasury bills to alleviate the short-term stress um, for for a temporary period. But once the um, the turmoil subsided, I see them wanting to get back on track on QT and to shrink that balance sheet. I think shrinking the balance sheet is a long-term goal. And while there are some short-term hiccups, um, the Fed sees themselves as having uh, various liquidity facilities to address them and that they they still have their eye on the long-term goal of shrinking the balance sheet. Great. Well, that was Anna Wong. She is the chief U.S. economist for Bloomberg Economics. Anna, thanks for coming back on FIC Focus. Happy to be here. With that, listener, thank you very much for listening. If you have any ideas for topics or people you'd like us to have on the show, please hit us up on the Bloomberg Terminal. On behalf of Anna Wong, I am Ira Jersey. Until next time, be well. Be well.